I remember when I was a kid, uh, we were huddling around the television and there was this new show that was on TV called Left Behind. Left Behind. Prepare to witness ancient prophecy. It's written in the scriptures, I guarantee it. And for the first time in my life, I got a, a very, I don't know, I wouldn't, know, wouldn't necessarily call it a biblical view, but a, a certain view on, on what the end is going to look like. And it looked so epic. And, and, and we, we think things like, wow, you know, that's what it's going to be like. And, and I'm so excited about that. But, uh, but Matthew, I don't know, you could tell me, brother, I, I feel like sometimes we, we have romanticized the end. I mean, what do you think about that, bro? Oh, for sure. Um, and I've totally empathized with the, uh, uh, the position of constantly looking out for the next big figure to come out or the latest technology, because that's an indicator of the end times and it's present here and getting really excited uh, about that. Um, and throughout history, although we see very early in uh, with the church fathers, uh, this kind of search for figuring out what this was, you know, many of them, uh, not all of them, but many of them believe that there was going to be a central antichrist figure that was going to pop up. And then so, you know, they got 666. So so there's always been a fascination with uh, kind of preparing or figuring out the mystery. Uh, but it really doesn't seem historically to have uh, to have become so popular uh, as it is today. Uh, until about the mid 1800s, you know, we have in the early 1800s, this idea of the rapture coming. Um, but that got specifically evangelicals in the West. And uh, in America, we really grabbed hold onto it more so than in Europe. Um, but it wasn't it was really within the past 150 years that this looking at the world and the gospel through the lens of preparing for the end times instead of looking through the lens of the cross and approaching the end times being witnesses of the hope in christ um and so yeah i'm not a, i used to be this this guy that was really obsessed with looking for everything and every new figure that came up uh, popular politician specifically oh, too, politicians bro. i didn't like they're always yeah. antichrist right um yeah. prepper that was totally me to a position of really searching through revelation of all books and coming to a place where uh where I shouldn't be so easily moved and my emotions shouldn't be so easily moved and I shouldn't be so distracted away from the mission that Christ actually calls us to. So, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a passionate topic, as you can tell. So, oh, yeah. Man. And I think that, you know, what you say is cool. And I want to make sure everyone understands as we head into this, that neither of us are against the idea of preparation, physical preparations or or some way call it prepping or like we're not against any of that. But I do think that in some instances, there has been a little bit of a shift of balance, maybe in, in some people at least, to, to the extreme, forsaking the or, or with less focus on the importance of that spiritual preparation. And I think also sometimes we, it's like when we talk about, the Bible talks about birth pains, right? And, and as we talk about birth pains coming, we have become very focused on what are the birth pains and preparing for the birth pains. And, and that's all good. But if you think about any pregnancy, right, you have the mother being very excited, not necessarily about the birth pains. And Rod, and she knows the birth pains are a part of the deal, but she is excited 
and looking forward to the delivery, the moment that she has her baby in her arms, then she would say, this has all been worth it. And so in the same way, I think, however, sometimes we have been more focused on the birth pains were always, oh, the tribulation, the tribulation. Some of us have even romanticized it to the point of we look forward to that. Come on, tribulation. I'm going to become all I'm supposed to be in Christ the day the tribulation hits. And I'm going to have all the faith in the world. And I'm going to do all the miracles like Moses did. And I'm so excited for that greater exodus um, and all of that. But but yet, is has that taken some form of a precedent over the fact that what we're actually looking forward to, what our hope actually is, is the delivery of ultimately Yeshua, King Jesus, coming, Him ruling, and the setup of that new kingdom. That is really what all of the apocalyptic writings in the Bible are pointing towards when they talk about these things. Throughout every generation, uh, throughout the story and the narrative of the Bible, the Old Testament, up through uh, the New Testament, Matthew 24, you know, the first half of Matthew 24 and Mark 13 are speaking of uh, the coming destruction of Jerusalem. And Yeshua refers to that as the birth pangs. And just as you said, he calls his the believers, the disciples, um, those who are going to be there to endure to the end. Uh, don't lose focus on the mission. Endure. Stand firm. Stay focused. Uh, don't react. Respond with being a faithful witness, just as you've been preparing this whole time. Um, and so, yeah, you know, they have this whole idea of the birth pangs coming. And of course, the idea is there's going to be a birth of something magnificent, of something new. Life is going to come forth through this. Uh, and that is that is where our hope is based. We know that King Yeshua is reigning now. His kingdom exists now as well as not yet. Uh, and so it's our job, as Revelation says, to be witnesses of that fact. You know, what you just said is profound in terms of how how we are going to be. What is our disposition when the world crashes around us? We are the world is going to their responses. You know, they go crazy. They feed the fear. They amp each other up in terms of the fear. But yet we have to have a response that is so radically different, just like when the troubles of the world in this present time comes upon us, we're supposed to look so different that the world looks at us and they get inspired with hope themselves because of the hope that we have in Christ. And then they look to where does your hope come from? And then they're drawn to that same hope in Christ. Because a lot of people I found is they're very eager to enter this end times period of the, let me say, not just end times period, but the tribulation itself. Um, but my heart breaks for that a little bit because I'll be honest, you know, Matt, you can tell me what you think, but you know, part of, I'm split in two. I want Yeshua to come back. I, I can't wait for that. But on the other hand, I know that there's so much still to do. And there, my heart breaks for all the people who still needs to be reached with the gospel. And sometimes I think that we're so eager for him to come back. I just want us to step back and be like, okay, but that's good. But do I have a hunger, a burning desire in my heart to have to see the lost come to Christ? Or are we more focused on the mark of the beast and who the Antichrist is? And then we lose focus from the mark of God that is keeping his commandments and having it on our hand and forehead. Uh, and then the great commission that he has left us with. 
because I think that we have a Yeshua said, look, I am, there is a coming a day where I'm going to come back. But he told them, but while you're here, I'm sending my Holy Spirit to equip you so that you can become a light to the nations. And that is what our focus is, I think, supposed to be being aware of the world. But is our focus where it needs to be? Pastor, what do you think about that? For sure. So. I think you nailed it. We're so excited. We're, some of us are really excited for Yeshua to return. And so we're eager to find evidence that we are the last generation. Um, and we see, um, even in the New Testament, we see verses that could be read as even the apostles were anticipating uh, themselves, expecting the end times to start. I have a different opinion about that. Um, but, you know, regardless, throughout history, there has been always a group that has anticipated they're the last generation. Uh, but I think, it, and that's that's healthy to have this type of expectation of Yeshua coming. But like you said, sometimes we form it into uh, an unhealthy scenario or an unhealthy focus in our head. Mm. Um, and sometimes, and and I'm speaking on my experience, uh, so don't, don't shoot me on, on, on that. This is my experience. In the past, I have seen conflict or I've had opinions about the world, whether it be in politics or mainly politics or uh, opinions about stuff going on. And I had a tendency to spray paint Jesus on it to make it a divine hill to die on when the reality was it was just a secular hill of the world. And so I think that we sometimes make that mistake as well. We see something that has to do with politics and it's too easy to claim that that guy's the Antichrist or those people are the followers of the beast and I'm not. Um, and then it reinforces uh, our allegiance to a particular party or a particular side or a particular opinion that in the grand scope of the calling of believers and the witnesses and ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven was never supposed to be in the begin with. Uh, and so I think there's a there's quite a variety. It's almost like a like a spectrum of um, of having this attitude of expecting the end to come. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes there's a healthy aspect to it, but there's also an aspect that's distracting to the actual calling of what we're meant to be prepared to do. And, uh, and revelation, I think that's the message of revelation. Uh, when John is, is writing this letter, it was a letter to seven real churches, uh, in Asia minor. And, uh, it's supposed to be a letter of hope. It's not supposed to be this crystal ball that we look into and try to figure something out. It was a letter of hope that they understood that no matter what comes their way, they are to be witnesses. And that Greek word witnesses is martyr. Um, granted, in the first century, martyr didn't mean just someone who died, but it could include that. But we were, they were, John was encouraging believers to say, hey, all of this is going to happen. And as long as you remember the promises and the hope of your God, then, then, then that is your calling. Do not slip. Do not be conformed to the world. Do not act like the world. Um, do not show fear and chaos like the world. Stand firm and uh, even unto death. And that is how we change the world. That is how we show uh, what the hope is that we stand for. When the, the world gets darker and things, brothers and sisters, the, 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 there are a lot of voices. Uh, you can just turn on the news and you'll find a lot of them. Um, but the world has, there's a lot of voices that are trying to drown out your hope 
with the fears of the world. And that's what the enemy wants, because if he can get you captivated in your fear, he steals your hope. He steals your ability to be used by God's spirit, because ultimately, if we fear the things of the world, we are not fearing God anymore. Right. We fear that God is not all powerful. We fear that God is not going to be able to take care of us. We don't trust him. And that is not faith anymore. That is unbelief. And so don't let the enemy put fear in you and in your family and in your children. Even I want to say very more, very importantly, uh, because they are the next generation and they need to be growing up in a in a household and in a body of Christ that is full of hope for the future and the calling that they have now to manifest him on Earth in whichever way they can. Thank you.